Hey there, leader. Today, today is September 10th, and on today's episode of Leadership Lost and Found, we're going to be doing tales from the trenches, real stories, real people, and as far as you know, fake names. On this day in history, 1608, September 10th, um, Colonial America English adventurer John Smith, uh, who many of you have been immortalized through a Disney movie, Pocahontas. Uh, <laughs> I think, was it called Pocahontas? It was. It was called Pocahontas. It was. There was a um, green tree in there, too, that looked like a grandma. Was elected town council. I'm not even listening to I was elected town council of Jamestown because of what he was able to accomplish in surviving the harsh winter of Jamestown. He stepped up, did what it took, and led that Jamestown through a very, very harsh winter where, where many people died and was rewarded with further responsibility, which... As we know, is often the price of leadership. Yes. <laughs> Don't sh- do well because you might have a harder job. He should have been awarded a sequel because the songs were very good in the first <laughs> one. Okay, Randy. So um, horrific jokes about sequels aside, hmm. um, let's frame our conversation today. Well, <clears throat> instead of picking a particular topic, what we'd like to do after a few episodes, and we've gone through five now, uh, from trust to influence to conflict to mentoring to vulnerability, and that will now I'm do not in that order. Not in that order. No, I can't remember. Maybe you do. There's a problem. No, I'm for old. That. I can barely remember who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to do tales from the trenches, which are real stories, real people, fake names, as far as you know, anyway, um, and situations involving those things. Excellent. So we want to take our first tale from the trench, Jim. We want to talk about trust. So give us a tale from the trench on trust. So this is, this is going back quite a bit of ways. Um, Decades? Yeah, shut up. At least one. Yeah. Um, and I had, it's about middle of your career? I, will you just stop? I was, um, you know, I have a long and prestigious career. Just because I'm old doesn't mean it wasn't good. I, I had, yes, it's very, very long. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a joke in there somewhere. We're not going to touch that. So I had gone to, was working for what we'll call the, the bank mothership. And they had a, a mandate to go out and bring order to the security programs uh, for all of the subsidiary companies. And I accepted a position at one of the more troubled subsidiaries. They had a security program, business continuity, and, and other elements that were, were troubled. They weren't performing where they needed to be, underperforming. They weren't ideal. They were not ideal. They stunk to high heaven. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, they tried. They had good people, and they were working hard, uh, but there wasn't the support, the unity, the, the cooperation, the collaboration. All the things that you need to be successful in security just weren't there, and they were struggling. So I was asked to come in and, and essentially perform a turnaround. So I get there, and I, and I had known some of the lay of the land already, but I, I made up my mind. I got there, and there were two, um, I guess you will call it, dependent departments. One was human resources. Specific, Love them. Yes. Yes. Uh, some of my favorite people are in human resources. Yes. Um, as well, well, and then enterprise, technology, the infrastructure team. IT. The IT guys, and these are the server wireheads and, and um, uh, server admins that are in there. Um, neither one of them, I felt, were providing us with the support that we needed to be successful. The company needed to be successful. In fact, I was downright angry 
because they were putting the company at risk with their lack of cooperation and lack of collaboration. And I had it in my mind that these guys were either going to play with us, they were going to work with us, or I was going to force them out. I was going to force leadership out on both sides. So you went into the situation, you were, you were pre-armed or pre-informed by something or someone. Yeah, some of my experiences there and some of the people on the security team that I had liaised with in the past. And that led you to a uh, predetermining maybe an outcome with those people? You know, that's, that's a good point. And I'm not going to argue that because I absolutely did. I, I wargamed it in my head and I mm-hmm. went... This is where I see this going. Yeah. I didn't, well, and we'll do the reveal, but I, I did that. And we all do that, right? We yeah. say, if I move my pawn here, that guy's likely to move his rook, right? And yeah. I did a little bit of that in my head, and that's where I landed. Well, and putting a pin in that just for a second, that is where I think as leaders we sometimes fall down when we have things dealing with our own people or maybe an extended portion of our team. We start to internalize the conversation, personalize the conversation, and then we wind up vilifying people before they've even done something because we've had these mock conversations with them on how we think it's gonna go in our mind. And I've found myself angry at somebody that I got an argument with only in my head. Well, usually in my head, and then it's in a sword fight and I always win, right? <laughs> usually swinging like uh, Errol Flynn. You're oh God, si- you're gonna make an old person joke, aren't you? No, the six-fingered man. <laughs> there it you is. You killed my father. You killed my father, prepare, prepare to die. die. All right, Mr. Montoya, so I've given you the tell, told you the story as my leadership challenge in the trench, and now you are going to advise me. Well, first, there's no money in revenge. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Prepare to die. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the, the predispositioning yourself going in aside, thinking about what's going on, you, you saw a lack of, of partnership or perceived a lack of partnership. Yep. Uh, an obvious lack of communication or cohesion across the groups. Um, as you know, those, those groups, HR, IT, security, they have to work very closely with each other or should work very closely to each other. And there's a lack of trust. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. Um, and you haven't had opportunity to build trust with them, and you have no idea what the existing trust levels are. So your first thing you need to do, or you should do, is find a way to test the trust factor, to test um, the trust level of the organization. But Randy, I already know I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) That may be true, but uh, you need to test the trust level of the organization or those people. And finding out how to do that, you know, very quickly coming into an organization like that within the first 30, 60, you're going to have a situation where you can quickly apply the trust test too. Right. So the answer to your question, the trust test is binary. Mm -hmm. Yes or no. Can I trust? Can I not? Mm -hmm. Um, So walk me through the, the both conditions, right? So if it's yes, I guess that's the easy one. It's the, it is the easy one. You can move forward, have some very overt conversations, drive the hard discussions and walk into that, um, you know, uh, arm in arm, if you will, almost like down the yellow brick road, though not as skippy. Um, <laughs> I'm um, an excellent skipper. Yeah. Um, you would look good in that dress. Oh, stop that. But, uh, <laughs> it doesn't compare to your Pocahontas costume. That's, you uh, I, yes. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. <laughs> I'm sitting here singing them in my head. 
Um, but the, uh, the yes is the easy part. Now, if it's no. If it's no. Well, now you've got a path to walk. Well, it's easy for you to say. So you're, you're the advisor. What's that path look like? Well, first is to always remember that good information is not always good news. Uh, but it's really good information. So finding out you can't trust someone is really good information. You need to know that before you walk into a difficult situation. Do I, if I can't trust someone, should I be hostile? No. Um, you know, I think when you really trust someone, you can be passionate around people and, and let your true emotions shine. If you can't trust someone, showing negative emotions, especially in a corporate environment, could wind up working against you, especially if there are no witnesses present. Sure. So it's important to remember to remain in control. Understood. The way you handle someone you don't trust is, again, you've got to put a box around them. Uh, you know, in the military, um, you can kind of find out who's talking to who because you give certain pieces of information. Like if you know the attack is going to happen at 9 o'clock on the 17th of December uh, over the main hilltop, you leave out particular pieces of that information. And then when you hear that repeated, then you know that, um, like for example, if you never said the date, and you right. hear that the date leaked out, and you only told the date to it's one person. It's an old person. CIA NSA right. trick, right? Right. And that still works today, and I'm not trying to get you know all like that in corporate America, but again, you need to put a box around the people that you can't trust so that they can't hurt you. Right. And a lot of that has to do with maintaining your decorum, maintaining your bearing when you're around them, and then finding that situation um, that, that you're in where you're walking in and the infrastructure people appear to not be doing their job. The HR people appear to not be doing their job. Um, if you can't trust them, now you got to begin to document things yourself or begin to, I've got to start building a case yeah. to present that these people aren't doing the job that they're being paid to do. And that's done with data example after example. It's typically not one and done, right? right. Because they'll call that a witch hunt, but you just simply document and follow up, and document, and follow up. And then, you know, one dot's a dot, two dot's a line, three dot's is a pattern. Three dot's is a mother. <laughs> That's right. And truth. once you've got That's that. That's my saying. I no know. I borrowed saying. that from you. <laughs> you didn't even notice. And uh, uh, anyway. Okay, so I think we're moving into the reveal. The reveal, yes. So here's what happened. I got in there, and I did not do as Randy said. I did not go and do the trust test. I went in acting all cool and sly, and I sat in front of... Did you have a leather jacket? I wish I had. I was, I was the bad boy, right? I had my leather jacket. I'm with security. Right, my, my dark shades on, come in, my hair slicked back. But I went into the head of HR, and we'll call him Brocky. Brocky. Brocky, yeah. right? Head of HR, Brocky. Um, and this guy, I mean, he looks like... He's got his hair all slicked back. He's Mr. California, S smooth with the women. Um, I go in there and I sit down and I go, hey, you know, starting now, we really need help. We really need to find a way to do, you know, employee relations investigations. We really need to set, you know, parameters on unacceptable behavior, things like that. And he goes, I couldn't agree more. I've been waiting to do this for the past year. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. And I tell you... You went, hamana, 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 what? Yeah. And I went, you know, 
know, it was almost one of those sitcom moments where like, don't argue with me, buddy. That's We're right. going to do it my way. Yeah. Wait, wait, what'd you say? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the same thing happened with the head of the infrastructure group, a guy whose name, and I'm putting air quotes up again because I don't want to identify him, Jack. Jack. Um, I said the same thing to Jack, and he said, all you have to do, Jim, is tell me what the priority is, and we'll get on it. If the business needs this done, we're on it. Mm. And I said, okay. And to the point where I was best man at Brocky's wedding, <laughs> right? And I've maintained communication with Jack long after, long since he's retired. And I consider him a friend and a bit of a mentor. Yeah. Um, but I was completely ready to go in. And I did go into that relationship wanting to punch both of them in the nose to prove I'm a big man. Yeah. Um, and they were the ones that established trust. Yeah. I, I, I really do... While I consider the, you know, that my time there is a, is a bit of a success, I do consider that moment as a personal failure that where I gained experience. And what is experience? Experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. When you don't get what you want. Yeah. Exactly right. So that, that taught me a lot. And this is Leadership Lost and Found, and we want to make sure that we are giving good advice, good examples, let people learn from our mistakes. You were vulnerable and shared a situation. Where you walked in and... Um, For the record, I nodded. Yeah, yeah. You walked in. You looked at me over top of your glasses, too. <laughs> so so wise and, you know, winsome. Like an um, owl, an old owl. That's, that's right. That's right. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? Po- to, but you, that. Moving on. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I think the first thing you have to do when you walk into any situation is assume good intent. You have to assume good intent. And, and that's a lesson I did not have. I went yeah. and assumed the opposite. Right. You heard things. You gain a perception on things. You assume good intent until you know you can't. And then you kind of observe and track your data, right? You're going to observe how those people are engaging with them, different situations. Again, trust is something you feel. Check your emotions, but don't ignore your gut. Right. And take action accordingly because the action is going to become clear as you look at your data and its strategy is going to emerge. And again, trust is critical to all of that. One thing I did want to share is there's a book called The First 90 Days. That's a good book. I've relied on myself in a couple jobs. And it's all about matching strategy to situation. It has four things, four types of scenarios in it. The startup, the turnaround, the realignment, and the sustaining success. The most common for all of us in corporate America is the turnaround. Right. The previous guy or gal got fired, moved on to a new job. Yeah. The divestiture happened. The underperforming bank unit that you yeah. got stuck with because you, you, know, you had to get out of where you were to, you know, to, to go to wherever you, you could be affected. But the big thing about the first 90 days and why that's helpful, and I've read it the past three jobs I've had, I've read it walking into it because of the reminders and the easy things it gives you to recognize patterns in your situations to help match your strategy to whatever you're facing. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's good help. It's going to shorten your ramp to proficiency, shorten your ramp to effectiveness, and help you build well, momentum. And, and establish credibility in your organization. It's that's big. Right. And I'll tell you, I didn't take that book into me with that job. Because it didn't feel like a new job. I was being transferred. I wasn't going into a new job. I wish I had thought that way. Well, it wasn't written until the 90s, so maybe that's why you didn't have it available to you. <laughs> why do I do this podcast? <laughs> okay, Randy, now it's your turn. 
I've done the uh, I've done mine your turn so you're going to do the tell I'll do the advise and you'll do the reveal so Randy what's your story my father was slaughtered by a six-fingered man okay I was wondering why you were holding your phone up to the microphone my name is Aminigo Montoya <laughs> you killed my father yes actually my my favorite quote from that movie is uh, good job Wesley <laughs> I'll, I'll likely most likely kill you in the morning. morning. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's a good management technique right there. So, yeah. anyways, you're not getting off the hook. What's your story? Tell. So my tell was I was tasked to run a program, which, in our parlance, is a portfolio of projects or a a group of initiatives that need to get done that all loosely relate around the same thing. And I was tasked to go into the organization and to reach across and really to do a realignment. Uh, which would fall into the realignment category out of the first 90 days. And with that, when you looked across all of the portfolio of projects, there was one common stakeholder, and it was the head of the infrastructure group. We'll call him Herb. Herb. Good Herb. name. Herb was a, a, a prideful fellow, and uh, he, he uh, believed in what he was doing, and uh, he had a strong will, and uh, he Drove was... Drove a Volkswagen with a stripe down the middle and a number on the door? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to- totally different no, Herbie. To- yeah, that, that is really old. <laughs> they had a remake wow. with Lindsay Lohan. You shut wow. up. Wow. <laughs> that even went back. I remember watching that in reruns when saw, I was young. You I saw, saw it live. I saw Herbie fully loaded in the theater as a kid. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Herb was my primary stakeholder. And in conversations pretty early on, it became apparent that we needed to do some hard things that Herb didn't necessarily agree with, and Herb didn't necessarily agree with the approach and was against the investment to begin with. Probably because his group wasn't tasked to lead it. I I don't really know for sure, Uh, but that comes in with uh, the reveal. Um, But the tell was, or the tell is, I was tasked to do that, and Herb was rather difficult. And I had to have uh, some crucial conversations with Herb and his people early on in order to realign them to the new vision. So that's the tell. So, Jim, what is your advice to someone like me? Well, I'm going I'm to ask the question, at what point in this program did... You and Herb have a, an acrimonious, or did you feel the tension between you and Herb? The tension was, I would say, palpable from the beginning, but it was something that grew worse over time. Okay, that's fair. So my advice there, so this, this is interesting because it hits on potentially two of our topics, right? It's either... A vulnerability one or it's a conflict one yeah because you're you're heading into the conflict that those of you who are uh, star trek fans of the doomsday machine right yes. you're you're come on commodore decker heading into the the mouth yeah. of the doomsday machine you can hear this i love good star trek fight songs um, for those of you who know my brother he used to beat me up while humming the star trek fight song doing flying kicks yeah, and everything flying kicks and the whole bit yeah anyways um you know, this is a really good one because it covers both the vulnerability and the conflict. Um, you know, there's an, it, it, the reason I say vulnerability is because it sounds like Herb was somebody who isn't willing to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. Because 
He's yeah. not willing to show that his team isn't able to do everything. Yeah, and the mafia type. You cross me, yeah. and I'll cut you. Yeah. Any, any of you guys call me Francis, <laughs> Francis I will and I'll kill, kill you. you. Yeah. Cross this line, you die. <laughs> um, you know, so that, that's an interesting personality to work with. Um, you find yourself trying to, how do you influence a person with that kind of personality without it resulting in conflict, right? And, yeah. and I hate to be so obvious about the, the, the topics here, but it really ties in nicely. If I, if I were wearing my Randy shoes, I would, I would have to back off and I would have to spend time with her uh. and build a friendship. And it might mm. not even be a great friendship. And yeah. It might even be difficult. Yeah. The only way you get a personality like Herb's, which is it, it, we've talked about in our um, um, vulnerability discussion, he's armored up. Yeah. Right? Brene Brown in her book talked about it. He's armored up, and he sees you as a threat. Yeah. So he's not going to be fluid. He's going to be taut and strong and, and armored up, and you're going to bounce against him or you're going to have to break him. And, and probably given his position, since you were probably new and he was been there and knew his boss and all that yeah. other things, breaking him wasn't an option. No, no. And that's wise advice, James, that I should back up and I should beep, build a friendship beep, and beep. work with him and take the time. The problem is, James, that's not what I did. It's what, what I should have done. Well, I'll tell you, the other alternative was is to build... A coalition, right? So if you can't build a relationship directly with him, you start shopping the problem around to the business. Yeah. And the business goes and asks him, hey, how are we going to handle our, our infrastructure upgrades? Or, uh, you know, we're a little whatever. And I hate to say, I don't like end rounds. I don't. Yeah. But on occasion, when you find that, that strong yet brittle person. Right. You end up finding a way that he's got to find something more accepting than you, the, the primary threat, to accept it. And you're it, wise to work around the problem, like the persons in the organization. You, you get the influential people around them to sing your song yes. and carry your water so you don't have to. And then Absolutely. suddenly, instead of having to force that rock out of the way, the water pressure of everyone just gently pushes well, him. Not just away. that, but he thinks it's his idea when right. he talks to you. He goes, you know, Randy, I've been thinking about this. I think we really ought to prioritize pro Project right. X. There's a whole bunch of business pressure that I'm thinking I could really help with. And you go, Herb, <laughs> son of a bitch, you are the smartest infrastructure guy I've ever met. High five. Yeah. Right? And you high five and it's a good... It's I, good. I, I wish that's what I would have done now. So, all right. So, are we getting into the reveal? Yes. Okay. So, this is like America's home makeover or whatever it is. We're going to move the bus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell us. Well, what I ended up doing is I ended up uh, crossing swords with him a few times, getting off to the wrong foot. Inconceivable. And then I just continued to walk. Oh, I just continued to push forward. Uh, I what? had someone advise me to say, you know, once you cross someone like that, they're not going to be very forgiving, and you should just continue mission. Charlie Mike, as we Charlie say, Mike. yeah. So I pushed forward, uh, and Oscar Mike on the move. That's right. right. And, and but what I did do is I had a gentleman who worked for me who was great at relationships, yeah, and great at uh, at at getting 
to partner with people. Was that Juan? It was Juan. That was Juan. So I grabbed Juan and I said, Juan, make Herb your new best friend Mm. and get off to the right step. And you know what? Juan was able to do that and I was able to influence the situation secondarily, but I failed as a leader to do it as a primary. And that ultimately cost me other relationships and other promotional opportunities later. I'm sure it did, you know, but interestingly enough, you found a way to get the job done by using a proxy, right? I mean, essentially you... You used you know, similar to the Cold War, right? You right. grabbed Chad or Uganda or something. That's right. Belize. Yeah. Do me a favor. Send some advisors to Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a valuable vulnerability lesson in there, which is you know we talked in our vulnerability podcast about how you know refrain from armoring up. You can't be invulnerable. Being vulnerable actually makes you stronger. Yeah. One of the things that we didn't talk about was how recognizing that that need to be invulnerable in other people yeah, and how to deal with it. And I think your Herb scenario is perfect. He's armored up, right? Yeah. And, and I have a couple of science fiction movies where they're, right, yeah. the armor yes. goes right up and they, they, can't, they can't be hurt. The original Stargate. Oh, yeah, exactly yes, right. That's right. Oh, yeah. you do. Oh, oh the, yeah. the Stargate is strong in this one. Yeah. Okay, I recognize I crossed a couple of... Uh, uh, a couple of nerd bounds. Nerd bounds there. Everybody, okay. I apologize. I'm you still have an a, advanced degree in. Nerd. I'm still a Star Trek. Nerd alert, nerdants. <laughs> he read the magazine Nerd alert, nerdants. That was a popular magazine, like Popular Science. You you need help. Anyways, moving on. I think there are when you run across that person who's completely armored up, that there are ways to to go around that and using crucial conversations, finding that base level discussion, but also influencing. From the sides, the bringing them ang- out. angles, you said. Oblique angles, right? Yeah. If you attempt to come in at a 90-degree angle, attempt to fire that, that round right at their armor, it's just going to bounce off. And not only that, but it's going to create ire. It's going to pre- create anger and unhealthy unhealthy emotions. Oblique angles where you say, hey, I'm, I'm not actually a threat. I'm trying to help you. The armor comes down. The trust begins. When an opportunity will emerge. An opportunity will emerge. Yeah. Do you wish you could, if you could go back and do it again, how would you have done it differently? I would have taken more time, even though time was of the essence. And at a premium, I'm sure. It, it was. It was. It but was your 90 days, right? You, you, you know, time is worthy of careful investment, and relationships take time. Yeah. And had I fostered the relationship, had I taken an extra two months to foster the relationship, the, the ensuing three years would not have been a slugfest. Right. You know, I have, a, I have a, somebody that I care very deeply for said to me once that time is the only currency you can't make more of it. Mm-hmm. Spend it wisely. And if you'd spent that wisely, right, it would have saved you time, quote unquote, in the future. Well, learn from the lessons because we can't turn back time. And speaking of time. Oh, yeah. You guys have been with us for 27 minutes. Get back to work. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? How much coffee do you drink? Oh, my goodness. It's Get up like- and go back. And here we are, two bourbons and two scotches later, and you're still here. You're still listening. Good Lord. Well, we'll likely kill you in the morning. (laughs) Well, today has been Leadership Lost and Found. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. You guys keep Keep leading. leading.